Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in. It's Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura on 101 ESPN. Timothy Michael McKernan, Action Jackson with you on the program. John Denton, uh, Cardinal writer for MLB.com, is going to join us coming up on the show. Jackson, he was going to be with us at 1015, uh, but we have had to call an audible at the line of scrimmage. Tell me what is going on. Tell the audience what is going on because you owe them an explanation. I do. Uh, so yeah, the original plan was 1015 with John Denton with the Adam Wainwright news of him going on to the IL. Uh, as you could imagine, John is busy covering that. So he asked if he could get 30 minutes to uh, do some work on that. And I said, absolutely, sir. Whatever works best for you. 1045 is great for us. You don't want to Boy, be I don't like I don't like that attitude. Uh, I have always kind of lived by a me first principle. And uh, had you checked with me, I would have said, tell him we don't care if he has to do his job. Right. Uh, we are doing uh, a one hour midday radio show and uh, we we expect him to be on at 1015. And if he can't be on at 1015, we will take him at 1045. And, uh, and I would have backed down just like that. That's kind of the way that I right. most likely would, would have handled the situation. But he is uh, covering the Adam Wainwright situation. The breaking news this morning, uh, Adam Wainwright will open the season on the injured list. Uh, that is according to Ali Marmal, John Denton, who will join us coming up at uh, 1045, saying that he hurt himself in a weight room workout on Tuesday prior to the WBC championship game. Ali Marmol, according to John Denton, saying that Wainwright will now miss several weeks. So what this does, according to Marmol, is it opens up a starting opportunity for Jake Woodford. Woodford uh, has certainly had a, a good spring, and uh, as Denton says, he's made sl- uh, strides with his slider working with pitching coach Dusty Blake, and barring a surprise, he is the one who will now enter the Cardinal rotation. Jackson, what this news does is cause concern because many Cardinal fans already during the off season. We're concerned about the Cardinal starting rotation, that it was highly leveraged to making sure that a lot of ifs turned into positive truths. And before the season even starts, Wainwright is out for, as Ali Marmol says, several weeks. Your reaction, fine, sir. Yeah, I think going into this season, I think the consensus is this team is pretty set offensively but has some question marks in the rotation and losing a guy who's been so consistent over you know so many years for the Cardinals and making his return, coming back for another season, him not being available when you already have kind of a spotty rotation is the opposite of what you want to hear. But 
maybe Jake Woodford can step up and uh, and be a guy who can be effective. You know, want to be optimistic. But yeah, this is not the news Cardinal fans want to hear right now. So uh, Wainwright is out for Raleigh Marmol says several weeks. Uh, and uh, just a couple of days ago uh, over at Roger Dean Stadium, I was in attendance to watch Jack Flaherty give up nine hits to uh, what was essentially, uh, I believe, a Washington Nationals fantasy camp. Uh, that they set up where they let some people sign up and got to play against the Cardinals <laughs> mm-hmm. because I didn't really recognize many of the folks outside of former Cardinals, Matt Adams and Corey Dickerson. Uh, so, Jackson, you have been bullish on the over of 87 and a half wins for the Cardinals in 2023. Does the Adam Wainwright move uh, lead to you withdrawing some of your allocation of funds to that over? No, th- that news doesn't shake it. Had it been maybe Michaelis or Montgomery, maybe even Flaherty, that would have maybe maybe move at the moment, but uh, Adam Wainwright and a few weeks, you know, things can be made up after for a few weeks. Hopefully that it's, it's it. He comes back after a few weeks and is fine. But no, Adam Wainwright doesn't change my opinion that I think this is a 90-win baseball team. All right. Uh, Adam Wainwright's injury uh, certainly gets the discussion going about something that we were talking about during the offseason, which is the Cardinals and their offseason spending. And similar to the discussion we were having with David Perron's return to St. Louis on Tuesday night, Blues in Detroit tonight, taking on the Red Wings. You can hear all the action right here on 101 ESPN, uh, that fans were first guessing the situation with Perron, which then meant once the Blues imploded, and take your pick of whichever implosion you would want, whether it be the losing streaks in the tail end of 2022 or really what was the death knell, uh, which was the homestand in January, and the season became what it has become. Many fans were going, see, this is what we were talking about during the offseason. If you wanted to extend this window, you had to bring David Perron back. And so now, on the Cardinal side of things, many people, and I can, I can tell you from the, the hundreds of texts we get on this program and on TMA, we're saying, I don't understand what the Cardinals are doing with their starting pitching, not just for now, but in addition to the fact that four of the five at this moment are not under contract for 2024. So what are they doing? Are you just going to hope that this rotation can be healthy? Are you just going to hope that Jack Flaherty regains form? that Adam Wainwright at this point in his career, at this age, also with noticeably, you know, a, a decline at the end of the 2022 season, uh, that Stephen Matz coming off of injury, uh, that this group can be good enough to lead this team back into the postseason, but this time win uh, a series. And so now, before the season even starts, as is already happening in the Air Comfort Service text line, people are saying this is why they needed to go out and get a pitcher. And then it gets me back to what my theory on on what took place this offseason is. And that is when John Mazalak said that we are going to spend more money this offseason. at the time, I really do believe that that was the intent. I don't think that that was a lie. But because of two big factors, and I don't know which one was was larger for the Cardinals. Number one, the market 
going way more bat crap than they had anticipated. And number two, their situation with the television rights and ballys and the pending at the time and now confirmed bankruptcy that was filed by Diamond Sports impacting what they were planning on doing. That's $70 million in revenue. And that counts. I mean, it kind of goes without saying that it counts. I suppose if you were, you know, generating billions in revenue, 70 million wouldn't maybe matter as much. But for the Cardinals, it absolutely counts. And I think those two things developed more intensely, obviously, the offseason spending they couldn't have seen coming when Mazalek said that, and the television rights situation uh, over the course of October, November, and December. And I would guess that the Cardinals were not expecting the rotation that before Adam Wainwright's injury and his appearance on the IL this morning, uh, that the Cardinals were not expecting this to be the rotation they would go into the 2023 regular season with. And part of that, again, I'll draw another analogy to the Blues, Jackson. Part of that is because while I don't think the Cardinal window is closing like the Blues window uh, did, because the Cardinals have this farm system and these young stars, 20-year-old stars who are just on the precipice of their major league careers, uh, whether it be Walker starting the season with the Cardinals or Wynn eventually getting into the major league uh, with the Cardinals this year. But the, the Goldschmidt, Arenado, and Wainwright era does have some kind of clock ticking on it. Now, Arenado still has a number of years left. But Wainwright, this is it. And it just surprises me that for the way Bill DeWitt has operated, and he, I think in a way it's emotionally, which I respect, and I, I think fans would as well, to try to maximize the, the emotion and the tradition of the Cardinals that he has not gone more all out when one of – the all-time Cardinals, for real, maybe not necessarily with on-field accomplishments leading to the Hall of Fame, but certainly being beloved for the last 18 years and Adam Wainwright season or career comes to a close. Um, in addition to, you know, well, even though he was MVP, the clock ticking on Paul Goldschmidt, that there wouldn't have been more urgency this offseason. And I believe there was a plan to have that urgency. And I think the combination of the television situation and the market uh, exploding in a way that the Cardinals did not foresee caused them to go into this this offseason uh, leveraged with a pitching rotation that has a lot of question marks and now a bigger question mark that Adam Wainwright is going to miss. According to Ali Marmol this morning here in Jupiter, he is going to miss several weeks. Yep. Yeah, I guess the, a hope for Cardinal fans at the moment would be you ride it out with this group and then you have, like you said, the farm system and young talent that maybe, like in years past, they could package some at the deadline for uh, a solid pitcher to kind of bolster the, the rotation. But the problem is you're going March through August with a pitching rotation that is already spotty. Now you lose a guy. There's a good chance that someone else might get hurt throughout the season. Uh, it's not a good place to be in, but uh, you got to be optimistic. Uh, guys, I'm the eternal Cardinal op- optimist. Wainwright's injury, probably good news, not pitching for a month on the front end of the season, could mean he is stronger on the tail end of the season. He has seemed to tire out in September. And yes, I know I have rose-colored glasses on. That's from Allen, and he is in 
O'Fallon. Uh, the Cardinals need a heartless general manager like the Blues have in Doug Armstrong. That is from the 573. Uh, the Cardinals have a stable of young pitching, and that is a good thing. That is from Soulard Run. Uh, and finally, from the 314, this could be a pipe dream. Are we letting all of the pitchers go at the end of the year or close to the trade deadline for one big splash in Shohei Otani? Well, here is what Buster Only had to say on ESPN regarding what he thought Shohei Otani would be getting once he becomes a free agent at the end of the 2023 season, assuming Artie Moreno, uh, who has been on and off on selling the franchise, uh, does not back up the truck to keep him. I think the Angels would keep him throughout the year. Their owner, Artie Moreno, is on the record as saying, if we're competing, we're going to keep him, and then he'll become a free agent. And Brian, the question at that point is, is, is the offer that he signs start with the number five or start with the number six? $500 million plus, $600 million plus. I think it's going to be $600 million plus because there's nobody else in baseball that can do what he can do, that can replicate his production, replicate his marketability. We're going to be talking about him through the trade deadline. We're going to be talking about him going into the offseason and all the way through free agency. Mets, Dodgers, maybe the Yankees, maybe the Mariners, and the Angels trying to keep him. It's going to have enormous bidding for the best player in the world. The man said $600 million, Jackson. I mean, it's kind of tough to argue. He's probably the most unique talent in the modern era to be both one of the best hitters and pitchers in baseball simultaneously. I mean, he's maybe he's worth that. I don't know. I don't know if any player is truly worth $600 million, but if there is, Sure, we have to Otani. suspend belief like watching Game of Thrones and arguing about dragons. Right. You know, so we understand that the, the, who, the worth is what the market will bear. Right. Supply, demand, guns, um, and butter for those of you who attended uh, Walter Johnson's economics class at the University of Missouri. I was enrolled in it. I just didn't really attend it. But, but with, with this, I don't know how many teams in baseball could actually realistically do that. I get it. I get what you're saying. As far as value goes, one of the best hitters and one of the best pitchers. And he is, what, 28 years old, correct? Yes. Is that what we were discussing on TMA? 29, 29 in July. There you go. Uh, so for those who uh, want to get an idea of what the market is looking like for Shohei Otani, according to Buster Olney right there, he uh, he thinks it will be more than $600 million. And keep in mind that uh, just a couple of years ago, uh, there was a huge, you know, shock when Bryce Harper got what he got. And just a few months ago, Trey Turner got uh, $300 million from the Phillies. Well, now we're doubling it up. Now we're going to $600 million, But at the same time, uh, you are getting a pitcher and you are getting a hitter. So it is unprecedented. Your thoughts on the topic of Wainwright being out, your level of concern, 314-399-9646. John Denton of MLB.com, Cardinal writer for MLB.com, is going to join us coming up at 10 45 here and you are listening to balloon party on 101 espn driven by manganest st louis Acura, and alton toyota we're right back to the balloon party on the tim mckernan podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn welcome back this is balloon party driven by manganest st louis Acura, and alton toyota here on 101 espn tim mckernan and action jackson with you to the top of the hour bk and ferrario take over at 11, John Denton of MLB.com is going to join us coming up in about 24 minutes. Uh, and you can really uh, 
time this show out so, so specifically with the way that I manage the clock. So, you know, at 1045, John Denton of MLB.com is going to be with us. He is going to uh, let us know uh, more on this news regarding Adam Wainwright starting the season on the injured list. For those of you just tuning in and maybe not on social media, and by the way, I'm envious if you aren't, uh, that Adam Wainwright will start the season on the IL. Ali Marmol saying this morning that he injured his groin in the uh, weight room before the WBC championship game on Tuesday night. He will miss several weeks, and he says Jake Woodford will now be in that Cardinal rotation to start the season a week from today when they take on the Toronto Blue Jays at Bush Stadium. So John Denton will give us the latest on that. Plus, we'll talk about the Cardinal spring training, how certain things are looking for the Cardinals here with that lineup. Yesterday, Marmol talking about his comfort level with going with a four-man platoon for the outfield. Today, for the Cardinals, taking on the Yankees, who make the trip across the state. They played the Nationals in Palm Beach Gardens yesterday uh, and now a few miles up the road in Jupiter taking on the Cardinals. Cardinals having Tommy Edmund at short leading things off. Tyler O'Neill in center. Paul Goldschmidt hitting third. Nolan Arnato is not playing today, but he is back at the Cardinal Spring Training Complex. Wilson Contreras will catch and hit cleanup. Dylan Carlson in right field hitting fifth. Jordan Walker hitting sixth and DHing. Lars Newtbar is back, and he is now a global phenomenon. He has uh, had quite a couple of weeks. He is batting seventh and playing left. Mason Wynn is in at second, and Brendan Donovan is batting ninth and playing third with Arenado getting the day off. Stephen Matz pitching for the Cardinals. And meanwhile, I was kind of thinking about who would actually come over from Tampa St. Pete to Jupiter, and I thought it would be basically the B team for the Yankees. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but the Yankees have some some big names. Now, Judge is not here, but uh, Clay Torres, Anthony Rizzo, John Carlos Stanton, Oswaldo Cabrera, Aaron Hicks, uh, they are all here, and Nestor Cortez is going to be making the start oh, wow. for the Yankees. So uh, the Cardinals will not be playing the B team today. This is, this is a good test because, you know, I, I, I don't know how much it, in the whole scheme of things, it really matters. But at this point now, I think the mindset is different when you're a week away versus when spring training games start about a month ago. Yeah. It's time. It's time to start focusing. And certainly a number of guys were playing in intensely competitive games at the World Baseball Classic. But that was maybe, uh, you know, relatively speaking, five to 10 percent of players now it's almost game time, and the Yankees, to their credit, are treating it as such. Stanton hitting cleanup today for the Yankees, and he will be in right field as they take on the Cardinals and Stephen Matz. The Cardinals have been going up against the Marlins and the Nationals, and uh, my understanding of the Marlins and Nationals is they have decided to uh, pay homage to the Pirates uh, and the Cincinnati Reds, and they're going to take the year off, Jackson. They ah, are gonna, oh. They're going to pass on the season. A little sabbatical. That's correct, even though one has the Cy Young winner. Uh, So the Cardinals really haven't been getting tests. And so this will be a form of a test today. And I'm anxious to see it. I continue. I hate to say it, but I got to be honest with the audience. I'm keeping an eye on Jordan Walker because he's just been a different guy at the plate ever since that shoulder injury. Uh, At this point, about uh, 12 days ago against 
the Nationals. So John Denton, we'll talk it over with him and get his perspective on things. That's coming up in 20 minutes. For Missouri basketball fans, uh, Kim English is now the head coach at Providence. This is a domino effect of Patrick Ewing getting fired by Georgetown. God bless Georgetown for allowing that to go on as long as God it did. God bless America. Uh, I mean... They were terrible. Like, terrible, <laughs> terrible with him at the helm. And it's brutal because he's probably their most famous alumni. But sure. that is brutal. And so now uh, Providence's head coach, Ed Cooley, takes over for Patrick Ewing in Georgetown. Providence has an opening. And they turn to the 34-year-old Kim English, who was one of my favorites when he played for Missouri. And we we have an interview, and I, I know that uh, this isn't anything, if you are able to pull this up without me even telling you about it, Jackson, although I'm sure you've heard it, when he was on TMA back in 2012, uh, I said, I think this guy someday is going to coach at Missouri. Um, and here it is. He has been an assistant coach. He was with Rick Barnes and now at George Mason and now to Providence. And there's something about it, and this leads to a question that you have f- for me, and, I, and I, I'm curious what the audience thinks, too, because it's twofold. When a guy is playing or when a lady is playing, you can recognize, like, for example, a lot of Missouri fans who followed Sophie Cunningham, probably not surprised that she's already gotten into some broadcasting right. because of her personality. You can tell when somebody either has leadership traits or broadcasting traits. So, Jackson, what is your question here? Sure. I also, I also have that audio of Kim English, if you want it. You have the audio? Yeah, I pulled it up. Wow. What a moment. Our little Piddles is all grown up, and he's all grown up. Well, let's take a listen. This is from March 1st, 2012. All right. Kim, I'm curious about this, and, I'm, and I may be overstating. It's the first time you've been on the show, so I don't really know you in any capacity, but I get the sense that your leadership and your turnaround here over the last year, and even a couple of years ago, uh, before last season and how rough that was, you were there at college game day before the Missouri-Oklahoma game, that you have really endeared yourself to Missouri fans. Uh, I do believe that to be the case. I think you've become one of the most beloved Tiger players in recent memory, and that's saying something, especially considering where things were this time last year. Do you, what do you view for yourself as far as involvement with the University of Missouri whenever you decide to stop playing college basketball or professional basketball or whatever you decide to do here in the next couple of years? Do you view yourself coming back here, even though you're a Baltimore guy? Well, well, first and foremost, I I do what I do because it's me. Um, if, I'm, if I've been blessed and, and lucky enough to be beloved, as you say, some of these fans, um, I'm really grateful because of that, but I don't care what anyone thinks. So, I mean, you said where where it was this time last year or whatever. I didn't care where it was last year. I mean, people's thoughts don't move me negatively or positively. I mean, praise and criticism are, are the same thing. You want to you always stay in the process and just pray and hope that, that things go well. But when I'm done playing basketball in 12, 13 years, um, I can go two routes. I would um, definitely be interested in coming back to Missouri and being assistant under Coach Hayes and a, a dream of mine would be to be the, the, the next head head basketball coach here and say the next 15 years maybe or um, going to broadcast and I think, think that'd be really fun to travel the country and, and watch kids play and analyze college basketball games so 
um, one of those two things are what I'll do. I'll go on a broadcast with ESPN or, um, or work here at the university. How about that? Right. That interview was from March 1st, 2012. He's still a college student at that time. Yep. And here, 11 years later, he is the head coach of Providence. And in a way, even though uh, he certainly uh, was talking very optimistically about the Frank Haith era still going on mm. in Columbia, uh, three coaches have been on the sidelines since then. Uh, but that in 15 years, he would take over for Frank Haith. Who knows? Maybe he will be the head coach at Missouri in 15 years. Yeah, uh, it, it could wind up timing out that way at this point now, coaching at Providence. Uh, that is something that would be considered uh, reasonable to go from Providence to Columbia, Missouri, should that be the way the dominoes fall. But I loved that confidence, and you could just tell in that conversation that he had those kinds of, of leadership traits. So we'll take a break. There were, there were other players that I saw, and I know now it's because – things didn't end well five years ago with Mike Matheny. I think there is a, a, a perhaps a bit of, and I don't want to call it revisionist history, but I think, I think his leadership skills have maybe been tainted by the way things ended in St. Louis, but he was somebody when he was playing for the Cardinals who I knew that the guys on the team thought very highly of because of his leadership skills, in addition to his defensive ability. Uh, so from a broadcasting standpoint and then also from a leadership standpoint, what are the traits and who are some of the players that you spotted before it even wound up happening? We will talk about that in the next segment because it is now happening with former Missouri uh, star Kim English. And, uh, and then it. 1045, John Denton is going to join us here as he covers the situation with Adam Wainwright going on the injured list. It's all coming up on the second half of Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. You know, this uh, <laughs> this show certainly suffers from ADD. But what in the hell just happened in that Sports Center update? Oh my God! That was uh, that what was ha- what what happened? So I, I, I was about to hop on a plane and come back and <laughs> and rescue you. They uh, <laughs> the usually in between that break between the second segment and the third, I pull up what the Blues are doing that night and then uh, an NBA score to uh, entertain the fans with. But um, yeah, they love it when you do that. With about eight seconds before the Sports Center update, I re- quickly realized I got nothing. I got. I didn't have anything pulled up, and uh, it was an extreme case of ADD, and so I just had to turn and look and see that the Blues were playing tonight, and that's all the information you got, unfortunately. So I couldn't oh be sorry. Oh my goodness! I was gonna just freestyle I mean, an NBA score, but I thought that could go poorly. Wow! I mean, on on a morning in which Adam Wainwright goes on the injured list, the Blues are playing right here on 101 ESPN against the Detroit Red Wings. 
we heard what sounded like, like if I went to my son's kindergarten class and, and said, hey, could you do this Sports Center update? That's what that read sounded like to me. That's yeah, what no, it sounded like. It was like. terrible. I, you know, every once in a while I'm due for a stinker and that was it. I'll come back so strong tomorrow, you won't even realize it. Oh, is that our target? Well, I can't wait for tomorrow's Sports Center update. That's that tells you a lot about my social calendar <laughs> that I can't wait for your Sports Center update yeah. tomorrow. John Denton is going to join us coming up here in about ten minutes uh, with more on the news regarding Adam Wainwright to the injured list. John Denton of MLB.com covers the Cardinals for MLB.com. He is going to be with us in the previous segment. Uh, if you can erase that Sports Center update <laughs> from your memory and, and focus on what we were talking about, former Missouri uh, star Kim English now. The head coach at Providence signing a six-year contract that announced uh, that he's got a six-year deal. Anyway, that part of the announcement made this morning. And um, and Jackson, you have a two-pronged question here. I yeah. saw in the uh, in the show notes. Uh, go ahead if you would, sir. Sure. And and I want the audience to participate if they can think of either the traits or the players who they thought or they think right now will become great coaches or broadcasters. Go ahead, sir. We have talked a lot about being able to identify which athletes would make excellent broadcasters. My question here is how do you know that an athlete, while they are playing, would make a good coach? Is there things to look for while they're playing? Is it more of an instinct thing? Who are some that come to mind as athletes you knew at the time would make a great coach? Has there been any any examples of someone you were surprised by making a, a good coach based on their time as an athlete? So I, I use the example of Mike Matheny, which I realize at this moment has probably negative equity in St. Louis, although I think with time there will be uh, a lessening of that. That's just natural. And at this point, mm-hmm. it's been almost five years since right. he was uh, let go as Cardinal manager. But Matheny is somebody who in that Cardinal clubhouse on the 2014, which many people especially if, if you're a certain age view as one of the best Cardinal teams in, in the franchise's history. I recall having a conversation with, with one of the guys on the team, and I think it was during an interview, and I said, so who, who are the leaders? I mean, this team is up and down. It's, it's all-stars all over the place. And when you look at the lineup, and then you also look at the rotation, and you had Isringhausen as the closer, I mean, right. you, you truly did have – Uh, Cardinal Hall of Famers all over the place and also some Major League Baseball Hall of Famers on that team as well. And I recall, and I don't remember who told me, it might have been Edmonds, uh, that on on the position player side, it was Matheny. And on the pitching side, it was Woody Williams. And that has all, it's been nearly two decades, and that stands out to me to say that Players, even as great and now as wealthy as they are, don't necessarily turn to the best players or pitchers or take your pick of whatever sport we're talking about for who is the one who is the leader. There are just traits that people exude that then carry people's respect. Mm-hmm. And and that, that to me stands out because you're talking about a 105-win team and I don't know why I would say full of Hall of Famers, but certainly multiple players who played for that team will wind up in Cooperstown even more, will be or already are Cardinal Hall of Famers. And it was two guys who would certainly be the first to say, yeah, we're not going to be in Cooperstown. Who were the ones who were the leaders on that team? I think over the course of recent history, 
um, you could say uh, that oftentimes uh, you won't necessarily see the best players in hockey be the ones who are considered the leaders. I think in relative recent history with the St. Louis Blues, it certainly was debated at the time and maybe caused a little bit of consternation in the Blues room that Alexander Steen uh, is a guy who had that leadership quality and perhaps maybe after a few more years away from the game would be the kind of guy who would get back into it and be a hell of a coach. So it's the guys who, while they're playing, Jackson, mm-hmm. are the ones who are considered leaders who oftentimes aren't necessarily, there's an indirect correlation, oftentimes aren't the best players who then wind up having great careers or at least get the opportunity to become a coach or manager. And and I think a part of that, just from a pragmatic standpoint, is if you are one of the players, for example, we were talking about and we played Buster Olney's clip of what Shohei Otani would command on the free agent market should it get there this coming off season, and he would make... 600 plus million dollars in the opinion of Buster only my guess is Shohei Otani in a decade isn't going to be looking to manage in Pawtucket mm-hmm. you know I mean right. he will have gotten enough to okay that's that's enough and then listen I'm sure Mike Matheny and, and all of these guys who played Major League Baseball in this era uh, weren't necessarily in a spot where they were desperate for income but they wanted to continue to compete and they commanded leadership uh, and so that's what they did. Uh, what about uh, on on your end? Uh, what do you notice? I think a lot of it when you're looking at an athlete, obviously leadership. Uh, you can you can kind of tell that no matter really the sport, you can see who's bringing everybody together, who's talking. Uh, I think body language is another thing. I think uh, sometimes you'll see players. Boy, I like that. You that know? is that is a subtle observation, but so true. Right, like, so true, man. A guy rolling his eyes or throwing a teammate under the bus uh, out on the field in a pressure moment—that's yep. that's a nice play, man. Yeah, you'll see. Uh, I think the true leaders across sports are people who understand mistakes happen and to get the best out of their teammates. Uh, body language is a big part of that, man. That's uh, it gets taught to you from day one of sports to control your body language, be level-headed. And so I, see, I feel like some of the best leaders I've seen, uh, which can transition to coaching, is people who have really good body language, people who keep it together, who are always supporting their teammates as opposed to, like you said, rolling their eyes, throwing their arms up, walking right. away from a play. Are, are you looking at the uh, Air Comfort Service text line right After now? that Sports Center update, I was going to kind of shield my eyes from it, but I'll take a look. Yeah, probably. probably. No, 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 because then you're going to, then I, I was going to put you to the test here. No, it's, it's okay. probably best for you to All right, I'm not looking pay at tribute it. to. Harrison Ford and Raiders of the Lost Ark and not look at it after that Sports Center update. But uh, there is a name that is coming in fast and furious as we have this conversation. Um, Recent history in St. Louis sports who people think would be a great manager. Yachty? Who do you think that name is? That is correct. Yeah, he's already managing in uh, Venezuela, doing a great job. And in Puerto Rico for the uh, WBC. I, I mean, with all the money he made, I don't know if he would do it, you know, but it, it, at some point, perhaps, you know, it gets to a point where people want to reignite that competitive fire. And uh, and that's when you see people who made plenty of money go, yeah, I want to I want to go out there and establish a legacy of uh, being a great coach 
or a great manager. The Cardinal manager this morning with some news on a guy who could be a great manager or broadcaster, Adam Wainwright, uh, going to the IL. That's Ali Marmol with that news this morning. John Denton covers the Cardinals for MLB.com. He is going to join us with the latest on that and also some other updates on the Cardinal Spring Training uh, Club here as they get ready to head north for the opener a week from today against the Blue Jays. They're taking on the Yankees for a rare appearance from the Gulf Coast Yankees team making their way across the state to take on the Cardinals in Jupiter. We'll talk it over with John Denton next here on Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Balloon Party here, driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura on 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you, and it is our pleasure to welcome to the show with news on Adam Wainwright's situation as he goes to the injured list this morning with a groin injury, John Denton of MLB.com. John, good morning. Hey, Tim, how are you? I am wonderful. Uh, how are you doing, sir? I'm great. I'm great. You know, a little, little shocking hearing that news. Uh, Wayno ducked his head in yesterday back at, at Cardinal Camp, and he looked at us and he said, I'm not here. So we didn't get to talk to him yet. <laughs> thinking we'd get to talk to him today and, uh, you know, got the, got the news about the growing strain and unfortunate for a guy who was, you know, all set to make his seventh opening day start, but that's, that's on the shelf now. Yeah, so this uh, this occurred on Tuesday, according to uh, your Twitter timeline, Ali Marmol, uh, saying that this morning. Um, what can you tell us about the details surrounding the injury and also how long they're projecting him to miss? You know, yeah, it, it happened on Tuesday morning in the weight room. From my understanding, Wayno got in a side session on Tuesday, uh, thinking that he would probably start tomorrow in West Palm Beach against the Nats. But you know, and then he went and did a weight room session, and that's when he pulled the pulled the groin. And you know, there's no firm t- timetable, but but Ali Marmol did say, you know, we we all know what a groin strain means. Uh, he mentioned several weeks a couple of times. You know, that so. You're looking at probably close to a month uh, with him being out. And, you know, when that's the case, then he probably needs to go do a rehab start. Uh, you know, he, he his arm's built up. He's ready to go for the season. But, you know, if you if you take a month off to, to get your legs right, it's probably going to need a, a, a rehab start to get his arms right again. So with Wainwright out for what looks like at least several weeks, that means the Cardinals will have to turn their attention elsewhere. And uh, Jake Woodford looks like he would be the guy. Well, Jake Woodford's going to slot into Wainwright's spot in the rotation, no doubt. Uh, You know, Jake's pitched really well. Jake's worked closely with uh, new pitching coach Dusty Blake. He's increased uh, the, the shape of his slider dramatically. Uh, Jake's been one of their biggest surprises, one of their best pitchers all spring. Jake will fit into the rotation definitely. Uh, you know, as far as opening day, you know, the, I would say the competition's probably between Miles Michaelis and 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 Jack Flaherty. Jack Flaherty started two opening days in 20 and 21, and and Miles made an opening day start in 19. So, you know, they have two guys who who've done it before. Uh, I would say probably Miles is probably the leader in the clubhouse. Jack threw on Tuesday down here. Um, you know, and, and Miles, you know, he, he didn't get to pitch much with the WBC. He had two relief appearances. I think he may be on schedule to possibly pitch tomorrow, and then that would set him up for, for opening day on Thursday in, at Bush Stadium against the Blue Jays. 
With with regards to Jordan Walker, I see he's in the lineup today. He is hitting sixth against the Yankees and uh, Nestor Cortez. Uh, I, I was in attendance at that game against the Nationals when he slid into second and and hurt his shoulder. He left the game uh, just a, a, an inning later. Um, how have you? I know they they say he's fine, but his numbers haven't been the same since since that injury. Um, have you had any observation on that, or any conversations, whether it be with Walker or anybody with the Cardinals, regarding his performance since then? I believe he was four for his last twenty, going into yesterday's uh, scoreless tie with the Marlins. Yeah, you know, Tim, the numbers have gone down, but you know, I, I think it may be just a situation of coincidence. You know, we ask. Ali Marmol about him cooling off, and he said, guess what, he's human. Like, you know, you, you can't stay at the level he was in. Uh, you know, at one point he was leading the Grapefruit League in like six different categories. I, I think it's more of just a coincidence. Uh, Jordan Walker said he could have stayed in the game that day. You know, he didn't even feel like he needed to come out that day, but they wanted to be safe. And, you know, they're trying to get him out of sliding head first. He's torn up his hand, his right hand had yeah. a huge gash for almost two weeks, and you know, they got the scare with the shoulder thing. I, I think it's just a coincidence. I mean, nobody in baseball could continue the, you know, the stretch he had for about two weeks there. So I, I would, you know, mark it as just a coincidence, but it's also something to watch and see. You're going to get a chance to see Tyler O'Neill, who's hitting second and playing center today. Dylan Carlson, who's hitting fifth and playing right. Walker, sixth and DHing. Uh, and uh, the Cardinals will put Lars Newtbar in left today as he hits seventh against the Yankees. Um, you were detailing yesterday Ali Marmol's comfort level with going with a platoon for the outfield to start the season. Is that what you expect to see a week from today in, in St. Louis when they host the Blue Jays to start the season, John? Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, if if, the, if Jordan Walker makes the team, Jordan Walker's going to play every day. Uh, you know, he, that means he needs to be in the lineup five, six days a week. And, you know, occasionally that can be at the DH spot, but you want the kid playing. Like, he's got to develop at the major league level, and I fully expect him to make it. But, you know, then you're going to have to take three good outfielders and try to, you know, fit them into two spots. I mean, I, personally, I think Dylan Carlson is their best defensive option at center field. But, you know, by all indications – Tyler O'Neill is going to start the season as their opening day center fielder. And then you have to figure out how to how to get Dylan Carlson in there, how to get Lars Newbar in there. I, I think there will be a platoon situation. You know, Dylan Carlson's hit the ball a lot better this spring uh, against, the left, uh, against righties, batting left-handed. He's made some huge strides this spring. But I, I think, you know, Lars Newbar will be in there against righties, and then I think uh, Dylan Carlson will be in there against lefties. What is your opinion of the Cardinals' uh, multiple position spots on the infield? I mean, you obviously have what you have with the guys at the corners. They're not going anywhere. Yesterday, Ali Marmol saying, I already know who's hitting three, four, and five with Goldschmidt, Arenado, and Contreras. But, of course, you've uh, you've got Gorman in there. You've got Donovan, and he's uh, hitting ninth today and playing third with Arenado not playing. Mason Wynn's still up there with the club. And, of course, you have the DeYoung question mark that's been lurking, Tommy Edmond. Um, there are a bunch of players out there, a bunch of names. How do you think this thing is actually going to shake out when the season starts? Well, you know, all indications are Paul DeYoung is going to start the season on the injured list. They played, the Cardinals played Brendan Donovan at shortstop yesterday. They know that he can play the position. They just want to be comfortable that he can play it. Uh, you know, outside of Outside of the Jordan Walker and Mason Wynn category, I think Nolan Gorman's been the most impressive player in this camp. And that's offensively and defensively. Like He's moving like a totally different guy. He looks so much more comfortable defensively. 
He's worked on addressing that, that high fastball that pitchers got him out with last year. You know, if Jordan Walker wasn't here, Nolan Gorman would be the story of this camp right now because he's been really, really impressive. I think on opening day against Alex Manoa, uh, you know, a, a tough right-hander, I think Nolan Gorman's going to be your starting DH. And then you'll see Tommy Edmond and Brendan Donovan in the middle infield. I, I think that's the way they'll start against a tough right-hander. They'll have Gorman, you know, batting uh, in, in the DH. They'll have his bat in the lineup that day. How about that? What a development that is. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Walker certainly has overshadowed uh, everybody, and that's not just necessarily with the Cardinals. That's around spring training at this point. Final question for you. The Cardinal pitching situation certainly under the microscope this morning with the Wainwright IL news. Uh, And then, of course, this pitching situation is a question mark after the season with uh, multiple guys uh, who would not be back next year, whether because of free agency or because of uh, retirement. In the case of of Wainwright. You uh, detailed Jordan Montgomery in a conversation you had with him yesterday. Uh, what is your sense on where things stands with the Cardinals and Montgomery and potentially extending him? Well, you know, Jordan Montgomery would love an extension, and so would Miles Michaelis, and, you know, so would, so would Jordan Hicks, but it just hadn't happened. Uh, you know, John John Mosellock said at winter warm-up that that was a priority, that it concerns him going into this season with only one starter uh, signed beyond this season, so you know, I still think Miles Michaelis is the leader in the clubhouse to get an extension before opening day. Uh, George Montgomery said, you know, once spring training is over, he doesn't really want to be talking about an extension. He, you know, he would love an extension. He wants to stay in St. Louis. He's a, as greedy a pitcher as there is on that staff. He, he loves playing at Bush Stadium, loves being around Cardinal fans. But, you know, he said, we've had all spring to talk about this, and it hadn't happened yet. So I, I don't think he's optimistic that, that it'll happen. But, you know, like I said, Michaelis would love an extension. Montgomery would love an extension. Even Jordan Hicks would love an extension. But, uh, you know, the days are dwindling down. And, you know, if it doesn't get done by the end of spring, I, I wonder if, you know, the Cardinals are going to go into the offseason with only one starting pitcher uh, signed beyond the season. Yeah, and that one pitcher is on the mound today as they face the New York Yankees. Steven Matz, John Denton will have your coverage for you at John Denton 555 on Twitter. And he is a frequent guest here on 101 ESPN. Kind enough to join us on a busy morning in Jupiter with Ali Marmol speaking to the Wainwright injury. And I know Wainwright is talking here in about 15 minutes and you will be all over that. John, thank you so much for the time this morning. Appreciate it. My pleasure, Tim. Thanks for having me. Take care. Thank you. That's John Denton of MLB.com covering the Cardinals. Adam Wainwright speaking in about 15 minutes uh, in Jupiter, Florida, to address his injury as he goes on the IL. Be anxious to hear what he say. BK and Ferrario will be all over that. Time for us to shut it down and hand it over to them. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, presented by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.